those that are listening on demand, God bless you too. Thanks so much for being here. Another week, another opportunity for us to take it to the next level, to keep on growing, to keep on striving. That's what we're here for. We ended off last week with this concept that I want to sort of um, delve into more. We've been speaking a lot about this idea of of speech, of the impact that it has on our minds. At the end of last week, someone asked a question, asking, like, how do you balance it? How do you make it happen? And I gave a quick answer that I spent a lot of the weekend sort of thinking about. What I really want to sort of open with today is this idea that when we talk about personal growth, we talk about change. We have to remember that as human beings, we're really not great at responding to things that we can't do. There's a reason why kids just don't listen to no, 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 no. Right? You could, when, you, when, you, when you make the kids sit in the classroom... And the teacher thinks that the way we're going to get them going is by being a disciplinarian. Ever have that? They were much more common when I was growing up, but they're still around today. Like pure disciplinarians. I don't mean teachers that have to control a classroom. I mean disciplinarians. I remember one time in one of my kids' schools, we went to parent-teacher conference. Not, not the one where they tell you about the kids, the one where like, you know, the ones where you go to it in the first day of class, you know, that's like the third, it's like the fourth day of class and they bring all the teachers in and the teacher presents her plan. You know, the, that one, and we all sit in the desks. There's always like one parent that like asks the question, you know, she's like, gives a presentation and she's like, any any questions? And we're like, no, we just go home. And one's like, yeah, I have a question. Um, and then I was like, you gotta be kidding me. You know what I'm talking about? That one. One year teacher gets up and like presents her approach and her approach basically was like, I'm going to whip those boys into shape. Like, I'm just going to whip them into shape. Like when they get out of here, they're going to be sitting in the right place. They're going to be standing straight. And I'm thinking like, I don't know if this is going to work, but you know, she promised to like, you know, whip all of our boys into shape. And then like six months into the year, like it was an unmitigated disaster. Because discipline doesn't work for discipline's sake. You, you, you got to use everything in your power, right? When you're a disciplinarian, you got to have a lot of fear that's, you know, sort of driving the mechanism. There's guilt. You got to use everything. And even then, no one's happy. So when we think about what we're trying to accomplish, if it's coming from a negative, if it's coming from I want to lose Wait, if it's coming from, I need to be better because I'm not good enough. If, if what we're really doing is driving off what we're not, we're not really creating self-momentum. Because we as humans don't like, we don't feel that we're not, we, we don't get moved by what we're not. But there's a flip to the same coin, Right? All you have to do whenever you're in a situation when you feel like you're not is all that really is, is you got to set the bar to where you want to be and believe that you can. 
This is based on research done out of the University of Stanford. They call this the Stanford Magical Review, believe it or not. That's how I learned it. Which is when you sit with an employee and you review them, there's two ways of doing it. There's, let me tell you what you're not. And that usually doesn't work. Then there's, let me explain to you the bar we have for you. And let me help you get to, or let's fill in the missing blanks of what we would ideally want of you and where you are now. It's the same thing. It's just that one is articulating it from what you aren't already. And one begins with setting the bar somewhere and saying, this is what you could be. I am less versus I need to be here and I'm not there enough. It's all a flip in how you motivate people. Honey, I know you can be here and I want to help you get to know. At some point as they get older, it gets harder to say that. But when they're little, forget about it. Or you express it or you exude it or you at least envision it. Our marriage should be, our parenting should be, the, the world should be, my career should be. We should set expectations of ourselves and then allow ourselves the excitement of trying to reach up versus say, I am not, and now I have to fill this in. When the rituals are attached to the things that you are not, they don't last. When they're attached to the things that you're going to be, they start lasting because they get exciting because you find the, the way to get done. Oh my gosh, Rochelle called it well. I said Stanford Magical Review, and she was expecting Andy to knock that out right away. Awesome. <laughs> Andy, someone's calling you out. I said a word about research, and you're, you know, awesome. The expectations of the crew. I love you. That's great. Great. Oh, Andy already searched it. He can't find it. Okay, I got to figure, make sure that that's how I learned it. Maybe there's another way of doing it. But Andy, yeah, for sure, Andy was already on it. Now, why is it so critical for it? Because where we ended off last week was this concept that we want to motivate ourselves, but how do we take it to the next level? Now, one of the things that wherever you are, that you can take something to the next level is by setting the bar further wherever you are right now. So the question was, how do I spend more time with my family? How do I uh, be more focused I got so much going on in my day. How do I be more focused? Right? That's a standard question that all of us have. So really what ends up happening is whenever we're engaged in something, we end up being pulled in so many directions because we're just trying to catch everything. We're trying to do everything. So now if I have to focus on one thing, where is that coming from? What is driving the additional focus? Is it, I'm not good enough, so now I have to be better? I'm sitting with my kid and we're playing a game and I, my head is in a hundred places. Oh, that's right. I'm not a good enough dad. I got to focus more on my kid. I'm not enough, so I have to be. Oh, I really should be more attentive to my client. I'm not, I apparently I'm not good enough at my job now, but I know how to get there. I have to be. So even though it sounds very similar, and I hope I'm making the point, it's, 
It's really coming from a place of I'm not enough. So now I have to. I'm not enough here, so I have to now find a way to give more attention or more focus here because I know that if I give more focus here, it's going to make it feel better because I'm not enough. Now just flip it and say, okay, I want to fully understand my kid. It's my goal. I'm fine. But now I want to push further. I'm good enough. I'm enough. Am I perfect? Nobody's perfect. I'm enough. I'm not saying that that's healthy all the time, but let's say for now, I'm enough. I want more. I want to understand my child. I want to be nine so that my nine-year-old can really believe that his parent understands. I want to be 22. I want to understand what's in the head of my 22-year-old. I want to understand what's in the head of my wife because I have no idea how women think. As long as I'm married to them, it still boggles my mind. When you say I'm enough, it doesn't necessarily mean I won't, uh, I won't get better. If you say I'm enough and you go, okay, pass the ice cream in the remote control, we got a problem. But if you're the type of person that's trying to grow, if you engage in things from a place of I'm not enough, so now I need to, right? The idea of losing weight is a, is a, is a failing proposition from the get-go. Losing weight means almost all the time, I don't want to do this. Like the little kids always say to me, like, why is it that chocolate isn't good for you? Like little, my young kids, they just, they don't understand why can't God program it? That dinner tastes, dinner is bad for you and dessert's good for you. Like just, you're on the world, like figure it out. Like, why do you have to make it like that for? Our brain is still like that. Losing weight is basically saying, I don't want to gain anything. I want to lose something. I still want to eat those foods. I just can't because they're getting in the way of some other goal. So I have to lose something. It's subtle, but it makes a huge difference. It's not an aspirational pursuit. It's a pursuit of prevention and of protection. Being healthy is aspirational. Optimizing your body is aspirational. This one person once told me, God gave us a horse to support the rider, the rider being our soul, the horse being our body. Turn it into a race horse, not an old sleepy horse. You know, those like old donkey-ish horses. He gave it to you. Make it a race horse. That idea that I'm going to turn my body into a vessel that can make me healthy and well and powerful. That's aspirational. Now I set the flag further down and I'm trying to achieve it because it's going to be great when I get there. I'm not where I am and I'm losing. I'd love for that cake to not taste as much, but into the dress it's all negative it happens to be okay there's too many calories 
How many calories? How many calories? How many calories? How many calories? When's my cheat day? When's my cheat day? When's my cheat day? When's my cheat day? I didn't eat dinner. Now I'm going to double on. It's just all a game of negativity. When do they need me? When do they need me? Okay, I'm home now and I'm going here now. My client calls now and everything is now. It's this constant world of I'm not enough and I'm not enough and I'm not enough and I got to do this. Okay, fine. I know. I got to focus here. Okay, fine. I know. I got to focus here. No. No. When I go somewhere, what's the bar that I'm setting for myself? When I'm sitting at a dinner table and someone's talking, what's the bar that I'm setting for this casual relationship? Is it just get through it so that I am respectful, nod as much as I can until I could come to the end of this, of this conversation? Is that the bar that they don't think I am disrespectful to them? is the bar, I want to understand what this person is saying because they're valuable because they're a human being. Okay, I got to use common sense. I can't get lost in every conversation forever, but I happen to be sitting next to somebody and they happen to be talking to me and they happen to be a piece of God. Why don't I hear what they have to say in a way that I'm actually validating them? I don't know. I'm here anyways. You're one of those people that when you talk to them, they're already looking past you. Do you ever get that feeling? Back in the days when we used to like go to events, I don't know if they'll have a, I don't, I don't even know. Like, remember the days when we went to like events and you see someone like at a cocktail or a smorgasbord or something and you're talking and like, like it's 60, 80 seconds in and they're out. They're listening to you, but they're out. Is it more offensive? You're like, what in the world is more important? Like, where are you going? We're talking. You know what I'm talking about? It's not a sense of, arrogance is a sense of just common decency but because because we're always moving and we don't have a bar that we're playing towards that lives in the day-to-day of our lives we don't know where to drive towards successful goals are aspirational they're realistically aspirational, but they're aspirational. And really, if you break them down, they, they take your life the way it is and they just move it plus one. We just move our goals a little bit more. And when you move your goals a little bit more, what you find is that you are naturally inclining towards becoming more, which will then force your attention towards the things that you need to be doing more of, not because you need to, but because that's how you get there. Listening to a lecture and giving a lecture requires very different levels of attention. Not because the lecture needs to be someplace else, else, someplace else, because when you go from the bar of I'm a, I'm a participant to where I'm an influencer, that bar requires more naturally. You're not like upset when you're giving the lecture, like I can't believe I got to use all my attention. When I was sitting in the chair, I used to like have space out. No, that's what I'm doing. That's the requirement of this job. The requirement of the job of being a spouse means to understand my spouse. I can go my whole life and still never once understand my spouse. I'll just be me and she'll be her and we'll just keep on rolling. And when things are connecting, amazing. When things are not connecting, I go into my space, she goes into her space and off we go. But what if I change the bar? 
Now the bar goes up. And now the bar for my marriage is I need to understand my spouse 20% more than I did before. Now when I walk into the relationship, I'm not fighting for attention. That's just what's required of me. And I'm doing it not because like, I heard some class about marriage and I should give my wife more attention. And I know that I got 50 other things to do and I know I'm busy, but now I got to give her attention. No, I am on a mission. My mission is 20% more understanding of my wife. When I'm engaged with my wife, there's an aspirational excitement that I'm closing in on my mission. It's a total flip, in my opinion of how we set our goals. If we're not going to put the bar further down the road as who we could be, and we take on ourselves things to do that is going to be what they're going to be sort of like filling in cans versus striving for cans, over time, at some point, the can'ts just fall away. Because to fill in a can't, I'm not good enough. Um, to fill in an I'm not requires fear or guilt or some feeling to maintain that the, the negativity, which can drive you towards getting stuff done. Yeah, of course. Of course you could drive behavior through negativity. Of course you can drive behavior through self-loathing. Of course you can drive behavior through reminding what you're not. People do it all the time. You remind our children of this all oh, this is the ticket thing thing that we realized over the summer. I'm gonna talk about this one day about tickets. This summer my kids spent a lot of the summer home. We didn't put our kids in camp in the beginning of the summer. So I ran, my wife and I ran like little Harari day camp over here. Actually, it's sleepaway camp. They sleep in my house at the end of the day too. And um, I bought a roll of tickets. I kid you not. A roll of tickets. You know the tickets they give out? And I started to discipline, not discipline, but I started to encourage, not based on what, you know, it would be a disciplinary move, do this or uh, it was, we flipped it. If you do this, then you get a ticket. It's an incredible exercise in parenting when you can control tickets. It's amazing. Set aspirational goals for them. Give them tickets along the way. But that's really what I think is a critical piece to this is the ability of, yeah, the role model. Yeah, yes. This is really what the vision is supposed to be doing. The vision isn't supposed to be giving us things. The vision is supposed to be setting a bar for the way I live my life. And that bar should be further. It's not a, you're not getting it. I'm becoming it. But what's critical is that whenever you find yourself in the world of I can't or I'm not or I should be, it's important, but it's never going to last bar should be what really an aspirational bar. And when you set the aspirational bar for your, for your life, you find yourself doing the same activities, but for a different purpose. When you set a bar of being healthy and that's who you want to be, you find yourself fighting through that workout much different than you want to lose weight. 
You're not eating like some fat free chemical induced cookie because like you figured out that like you, you know, you know, calculating content in the back of some diet, whatever box, your, your mentality shifts. When you, when you find yourself being aspirational, you throw the flag further down and now you got to go to it. Yeah. When you go to it, you find yourself getting excited because what ends up happening is you go a little bit and if you achieve one good thing, now, if you achieve one good thing on the path to something aspirational, you're now inculcating real internal motivation. And that's what Rochelle just said. Yeah. And you have to learn how to give yourself a pat in the back every once in a while. And we'll talk about that maybe tomorrow. All right. Thanks so much for joining us in the booth today. Um, with God's help, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow.